Hi, I'm Jake Parker, and this is my podcast, Beyond Fit. My goal is to help you live a happier and healthier life by providing actionable knowledge and advice about a wide range of health and fitness topics, as well as self-improvement. If you want to find out more about me, visit my website, jake-parker.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi guys, this is Jake Parker on the Beyond Fit podcast. My guest today, it's his third time on, so I'm excited to have him back again. It's Johnny Zubak. He's the co-host of The Art of Charm. Uh, We've gotten to know each other pretty well over a few of these podcasts and getting to chat here and there over the past few months. Uh, I started listening to The Art of Charm, must have been like uh, probably a couple years or so uh, ago, and a lot of good information on you know, how to have better relationships. They talk a lot about values. And I found that Johnny and I align a lot on that and just our interests apart from that too. And so what I thought would be fun to talk about with him today is just interests apart from your vocation or your day-to-day life and just hobbies. And I, I told him I didn't want to dwell too much on this, but it's, it's topical because we're talking in the midst of the coronavirus where people are stuck at home and, you know, stuck in isolation. And so I think it's probably becoming more apparent than ever who has these hobbies and interests to fall back on. Johnny was just telling me about some of the stuff that he's been kind of nerding out on, uh, so to speak, as he put it. So without further ado, I'll let Johnny give a little bit of an introduction on his end. Well, thank you very much, Jake. And yes, this is my third time. I almost feel like I'm a regular on your show. Yeah. Like I'm one yeah. of the boys. So sure. I am much, much appreciated, and I, I love that, and, and thank you for having me on as much as you do. And I am always here for you, my friend. That is wonderful. Yes, uh, co-host and co-founder of The Art of Charm podcast, coaching company. I've been immersed in coaching, psychology, human behavior for uh, close to about 19 years, now, almost 20 years. Um, my, it's my life's work and we have a lot of fun with it and we're building a, a legacy of, of info and, and open source material for everybody. And as well as that, um, we have a personal mission to affect the world in a positive manner from our little corner of the internet and Jake mm-hmm. is part of that. So thank you. Yeah. So for me, one of the first things that jumps to mind when I think of, you know, having an interest or a hobby, a lot of the times it's music. And for you, you have a band that you're a part of and you like music. So I thought that we could talk a little about that, why that's important to you and how it's kind of sort of maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like a really creative uh, release and just something to really become immersed in to kind of enter that flow state in a different area. Well, you, I, I think everyone needs to have an opportunity to reach flow state, flow state from many different areas, as you mentioned. Music certainly is one of them for me. It was my first real passion, mm-hmm. and it has stuck with me. I'm 46 now, and it has stuck with me this whole time. Even when I changed career paths from music, the music business to self-development, it has been along for the ride with me. As you mentioned, I still play music. If you can look at me and see that it is a big part of, of who I am and my mm-hmm. identity. And having an anchor to your identity allows, allows you to hold 
one foot in the gutter and one fist in the gold, so to speak, where you're mm. always rooted in something that is your your character so that you don't get you don't lose yourself in today's world where with all the technology it is and and everyone's so busy it is so easy to lose sight of your goals and who you are and start chasing things that mm -hmm. lead you far away from where you've started and when i say this whatever you chase sort of becomes your god so to speak mm -hmm. in a secular manner so if you're if you're chasing likes and views or chasing money or chasing power you become subservient to those factions to where you will compromise yourself in order to continue to get those things and having an anchored identity allows you to maintain a place where you've come from so that you can always look back and and hopefully not get too far gone or detached mm -hmm. uh, and it's important for myself i had stumbled into music at an early age my dad played in bands it was part of my growing up there was always music in the household and all young men reach a point where you're coming of age and you're trying to figure out who who are you what are you're looking for an identity you're looking for anything mm -hmm. to grab onto to to allow you to start growing and i remember the very first time i must have been 11 or 12 years old coming to age where I finally felt connected to something for the very first time. And I found that connection through a movie called Over the Edge. Okay. That movie was Matt Dillon's very first movie. Matt Dillon was like 14 when he was starting it. And they found him to play this role of the bad high school kid mm -hmm. because they went to a school looking for characters. They looked, went to the school to cast their movie and they found Matt smoking cigarettes under the stairwell, skipping class. Mm -hmm. And so he was the character they were looking for, and they put him in this role. Now, as a, a young kid, I was in the music. My dad played in bands. I was into that sort of rock and roll culture. Mm -hmm. But I was also going to Catholic school. And no one, I couldn't, I didn't connect with any of the other kids. I always felt odd man out. Mm -hmm. Then when I saw that movie, for the first time, I was like, whoa, kids like me. And mm -hmm. the soundtrack to that movie was Van Halen and the Ramones and, and the Cars. Like, and it, it was the first time of, from the point of coming to age where I felt connected to something. I, was, I realized that there was other kids like me. Mm -hmm. And... And so that movie was a big influence on, on the music and the way I dressed and my attitude at a very early age. Some could say that movie got me in trouble, but, mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was the first time that, that I saw a connection or an identity or something that I could, mm -hmm. I could feel good being a part of. And yeah. then 
finding other kids like me slowly started to 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 work out Mm -hmm. i think one of the best things in life or i think that all of the best things in life there's some sort of like a yin and yang and so like what i'm thinking here is like i definitely think it's really important to have community and i think it's just as important to have individuality so i think that people need both of those aspects because you know community kind of helps you explore different things and like find groups of people who are like you but you also have to take pride in being an individual and knowing that there's never going to be another person quite like you and just to go even further i i am a big believer in following your intuition because i feel like that's part of what makes us so unique and so individual it's why you chase music it's why i chase fitness and working out it to a large extent you know we all have these interests and i think that we should explore it deeply and broadly to find out who we are and also find the best communities for us. Uh, there's one more piece in there, Jake, that mm-hmm. we're missing that we haven't touched on yet either, which is mainstream acceptance, acceptance on some level to be mm-hmm. So in order to fit in, you find your tribe and then you try to fit in with those guys. But then as you, grow you want to soften that so that you can connect with other people and build Mm -hmm. businesses and relationships but yet if if you make yourself generic in any sort of way or strip out any individual the individualization Mm -hmm. any of the expression to tone it down sooner or later you get left with a blank slate that's very Mm -hmm. boring so it becomes this never-ending fluid battle between being an individual expressing yourself to your fullest capability but yet maintaining some sort of semblance so that others are not repelled from you but yet attracted to you Mm -hmm. because i want to i want to be able to bring in lots of people into my life and build businesses and relationships and and be a productive member of society. But if you individualize yourself so much, you risk repelling people rather mm-hmm. than attracting people. So that balance is, is, a, is, a, is a subtle dance in and itself. However, I've always found that dance very entertaining. And mm-hmm. I've always erred on the side of expression and being an individual look how i'm dressed now that it's like Mm -hmm. goes with the haircut and Mm -hmm. the style and then i also live in los angeles where that is even more so of the norm like i i couldn't stick out on hollywood boulevard Mm -hmm. i tried but then if you put me in omaha nebraska Mm -hmm. on main street you know i'm going to get noticed right your environment also shapes that and becomes part of that dance as well. The last piece to that is part of what I enjoy doing at the Art of Charm is helping young men and women find themselves, express themselves and communicate their values in a, in a very concise manner. And mm-hmm. that all those things come through. I mean, even in my dress, what values are you going to see there? Well, it's not like he's sloppy. He put time mm-hmm. in it. There is a, a sense of fashion aesthetic going on. Um, 
there's a, there's a lots of things that come into play. It's not just this bummy, sloppy. There was a there was a there was a lot of effort that was put into mm -hmm. this, just as much as any other effort into any other fashion aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, like something that's coming to mind for me is I, 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 I really like the fact that you're always talking about values and that's something that I've become very focused on. Like I remember the Art of Charm was one of the first places that inspired me to get like really clear and focused on my values. And I remember, I think that, I mean, this had definitely been mentioned in different facets of things that I listen to and read, but I remember once that Adam Grant made the point, uh, I think it was in a podcast that, you know, like our personalities can change based on different situations, but your values should always come through. Whether, you know, you're more outgoing or reserved in different types of situations, like hopefully your values are with you through everything. And even I think that people's personalities change a lot over time. Like I'm sure that you would agree you're not the same person you were 10 years ago and you're not going to be the same person 10 years from now, but hopefully you're centered around the same values. And I think that's what's so important about realizing your values is that they can really transcend any different area of your life, any different area of, you know, intention that you want to work on or work towards or think about. I think that they're with you and everything. Your values are a little bit more hardened. However, depending on your main goal, they might shift over yeah. the years. Mm -hmm. uh, they should act as your compass in order to get to your goal. And if your goal mm -hmm. changes, your values might shift a little bit, but they're, they're, they, they're not fluid. Uh, they, and, they're, and they're certainly not to be taken lightly. Th mm -hmm. Those are the things that allow others to really connect. As you mentioned, you're like, I've always enjoyed talking to you and I've connected with you through your values. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. my values are stated on the podcast. They're stated on my Twitter. They're mm -hmm. stated in the, the podcasts that I do. Like if you're going to do a podcast with Johnny, you know what you're getting, right? It's, that's mm -hmm. where we're going. And it's like, yeah, I've also heard the point made that, you know, I definitely, I think we both agree that your values can change. They're not going to do a 180, but your values can definitely shift and wax and wane in different directions. But like, I've, I, I, I can't say this is something I've necessarily experienced on my own yet, but a lot of times people talk about values changing when like a major death occurs or maybe like a marriage or a divorce or like the birth of a child, like those major, major life events that are once or twice in a lifetime. That is a time when your values can, can probably are probably the most, uh, likely to change or shift absolutely i mean i think we could all agree that being a wonderful role model of as a father would be a would be a great value to have but mm -hmm. i don't have children so i would mm -hmm. that, i don't need to worry about it the minute i have a child is the minute that that goes on the value board mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah i think that i had a conversation with someone the other day and i'm curious what you think about this. We were like talking about the differences between, you know, different types of people. And I said something more on the lines of like, I don't think there's many ways that you can group everyone into two different categories, but I'd venture to say that one of the ways you can do so is like there's fixed minded people and growth minded people. And that can take a ton of different uh, forms, but I think that it's easy to tell once you get to know someone, if they're fixed minded or growth minded. And that growth mindset is, is the person who thinks that, yeah, I have these values. They may be subject to change based on different scenarios in my life, 
but you know, I feel this way. I know what's important to me, but I also am accepting of new thoughts and new information. And I don't let, you know, I don't let people's opinions of me or people's, you know, thoughts about the world, uh, to a large extent impact the way I think, but yet I consider all information and how it has to do with, with my life and with my values. 100%. I mean, and we're certainly going into times where, you know, I'll, we're probably all questioning our, if we, if the values we held up until this point are the white ones that are carried mm -hmm. what's going on right now in, in the Corona crisis. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, I mean, I also get a little bit nervous about making generalizations because I don't think that's fair either. But I do think that there's a point where you get to you realize someone's true colors come out and you can kind of tell, oh, okay, this person seems like they're rather fixed in the, the way they view the world. And, and it's not that you can't be a very convicted person. I think many people that have a growth mindset are very convicted. But I, I think it's kind of like the anti-fragile uh, concept that, that uh, Nassim uh, Tlaib, or however you say his last name, first kind of talked about where like the tough things in your life make you more resilient and more strong and more uh, just complete in, in overall uh, rather than like tear you down. And like the, the example that keeps popping into my mind is like, I think that high value people for the most part can't, you know, hear someone call them a mean name and get upset or can't hear someone like talk poorly about something that they enjoy. And that gets them like upset or that gets them all out of sorts. I think that having an, internal sense of control and like you said just knowing yourself and knowing why you believe certain things is important I, having an understanding of your belief systems is incredibly important it allows you to make difficult decisions i think a, a lot of people tend to be very nebulous in goals and aspirations and their cares in life because that allows them to to be uh, fluid or be able to bend or uh, pivot when they need to. However, it doesn't allow you to gain traction. It doesn't allow mm -hmm. you to move forward. Um, and in the, in the 50s, in the 40s and 50s, there was a there was an idea that was put forth that is a music called the birth of cool. It was a jazz thing. And it started out like anything having a, had a lot of good to it. It was about mm -hmm. having laid back attitude and about art and about creativity and about beauty and about doing things differently and, and <clears throat> leaning into creativity. And as it got a little bit older, it, that movement became about not caring or relaxing. However, it had gotten so far that now people don't care about anything. Mm -hmm. And if you care about something, well, that makes you uptight. That makes you uh, stiff. But mm -hmm. it, it, it has softened up people so much that they don't stand for anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And when you dive into philosophy, when you get into self-development, you eventually 
start going through belief systems and you eventually end up at a place where you realize that if you want to move ahead in life, if you want to start becoming successful, and when I mean successful, I mean happy mm -hmm. in, a, in an enlightened place, that you realize that you can only do that the minute you, you, this, you articulate to yourself and to the world around you what your values are going to be, and then you ride mm -hmm. them. You can't do that by being too cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really agree. Like, I think that more and more you see just like people kind of acting in a way that it's like, oh, I, you know, being apathetic is cool. And like, oh, just like you saying, like, it almost sounds silly to be too cool for something because it's like, sounds like something that people do or act out in high school, but it's like something that sticks with some people. And especially it's frustrating, I think, with, with people that, are my age, like in your twenties, it's like, Oh, like, I don't, well, I don't care. Like I want to put in the minimum amount of effort where it's like, I think it's cool if someone really does care about something. And I think that caring about something can transcend like any interest. Like I'll talk to someone who cares a lot about anything. Like I care a lot about fitness. And so that's what I like to talk about. But if someone cared a lot about, I don't know, like checkers, like I talk about that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that passion is something that's interesting if someone is really passionate about something uh, absolutely and that passion makes you an individual whereas uh, make being too cool for everything doesn't define you in any manner and it makes mm -hmm. you generic your passions your interests the things you care about these give you these allow you to express yourself in some manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's tough to be vulnerable too. If you really are passionate about something, you usually are passionate enough to be vulnerable enough to admit when you don't know something because you care that much about getting better. Whereas a lot of people probably feel like they have this guard up against vulnerability, especially this crowd of people that we're kind of talking about that's you know, too cool. They, they probably have never felt vulnerable about everything. Cause that's the same group of people that is like the typical know-it-all sort of personality as well. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, and it's also fun to surprise people. You were mentioning the idea of, um, generalizations earlier. Mm -hmm. And if people look at me, you can make basic generalizations about me. He's a rock and roller. He probably likes to drink. He probably likes the stones. And mm -hmm. you would be right on a lot of those generalizations. Yeah, I'll sit mm -hmm. down and have a beer with you. Yeah, we'll put on the stones. Um, and but then there is there are the the characteristics that that transcend the generalizations. So what you wouldn't know is that I love listening to philosophy podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, I listen, I watch philosophy lectures. Um, I, that I, that to me to go out and bust out a 16 mile run is not a big deal. Like, mm -hmm. so and the more things that I can do that, that bust the generalizations, even cooler. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what takes me from being a character to an individual. Mm-hmm. One of the things that AJ loves to do is AJ loves to flip people out when they think they have me boxed because mm -hmm. AJ, I've, he's been my business partner for 15 years. He gets a 
total kick out of that. And he gets blown when people do a double take and they're like, wait, wait, what did Johnny do? What did Johnny say? What did Johnny mm -hmm. create? And he's just like, yeah, that's my boy. Um, he gets a kick out of that. And, and, and you as an individual should get a kick out of proving people wrong or busting out of the box in certain, mm -hmm. in certain ways. Even yourself too. Like, I think there's a lot of value in, you know, if you are a growth minded person over a series of months or years, like I've definitely done things that would have surprised the former me that I did. Like there's yeah. things where it's like, I can't believe that I've grown this much that I did this thing that seemed just like unattainable and impossible. So you can almost like surprise yourself in that way too. It's like people, it's, it's hard to realize how much incremental growth over days and weeks can really lead you to being a changed person. Yes. And one of the things that we talk about at AOC, Art of Charm, my, our acronym has been taken. Um, it's even if, even if you're 1% better every day, right? How difficult is it to imagine trying to be 1% better than the day yesterday? That's a very easy task. Mm -hmm. Let alone, what could you accomplish if you actually tried? But mm -hmm. let alone 1%. Okay, well, if you do that for 30 days, the difference is going to be dramatic. Let alone six months, let alone a year. Absolutely. And I think that one of the really important things, one of the things I wrote down here as we've been talking is just it's important to have intention. So whether that be goal setting, like to me, I really feel like I have these values and my values are played out in everything that I do because I have intention. Like even things as simple as the things I do for like entertainment. I have intention when I watch a certain movie because, you know, it has a certain message that I like. And not always, but a lot of the time, I just think that you see your values in everything that you do. And if you have intention, I think that that's the only way to live. Whereas the alternative is kind of like letting life push you around and kind of going wherever the, the tides flow. But if you really want to work towards a goal, I think people underestimate how, how powerful that is. And if you have this goal, I want to be this in a year, okay, then commit to making that percent. Or maybe it's a half a percent gain over, over days and days and days, and that'll turn into weeks and months. And that's how, you, that's how you accomplish big goals. Yeah, and the other thing about it is the problem with setting the goals is people are afraid to come up short. But mm -hmm. That's not what a goal is for. A goal is to give you a direction. And then once you have a direction, you have steps of what you're going to take it. It's the goal is never what's going to make you happy. It's mm -hmm. the direction that you want to. Now, for myself, I, no one explained that to me. I had to learn that. And I had to learn that the hard way. Um, and But it's a beautiful lesson once you learn it. But I was somebody who didn't want to set goals. I didn't want to come up short. I, mm -hmm. that terrified me. But the minute you let go of it being a desired destination for happiness, mm -hmm. and then it just becomes the direction you're heading. Well, it changes. Yeah. It's like these cliches that we hear, they're cliches for a reason, such as like the journey is the destination or, you know, shoot for the stars and if you miss, you know, you'll land among the clouds. It's like things like that. They, they're almost silly because we've heard them since we were children, but it's like, break it down. It's true. You know, they're, they're said over and over for a reason. You know, 
so let's take Jordan Peterson, for instance. I think mm -hmm. he's somebody that most people who probably listen to this probably would know. He's a psychologist. He's got himself in some political trouble mm -hmm. for pronouns, but uh, he wrote a best-selling book, um, 12 Rules to Life. Anyway, Jordan found prominence and rose really fast by speaking about things that a lot of people really already knew, mm -hmm. but they didn't know it to which to the degree that he explained these things, such as aim for the, the stars and you'll land on the clouds. Well, what does that really mean mm -hmm. other than a cliche? But if you understand its components of why that is important, as I just broke it down, you might go, whoa, you know, I always knew that, but now I really understand. Right. And that's, there's a lot of cliches in life that either until they're broken down for us or we learn them on our own, that they never really resonate. They're just things that you hear. Mm -hmm. And just like, I think that it's the same way with his 12 rules for life. I read that a while back and like none of the rules were like super no. crazy things that no one's ever heard of before. It was just from his experiences and from, from him observing people, he just says these things that, like you said, we know, but sometimes we don't know how to put them into words or we don't realize how simple and basic they, they are at their core. There's that. What, what he also does is he gives you a, a bit of a historical lesson mm -hmm. and then he might even tie it into a biblical mm -hmm. uh, um, lecture and ties it all into it. So you then understand it on several different levels, a philosophical level, a historical level, a developmental level, and a psychiatric level. And so and once you have a lesson and you, you understand it on five different levels, are you really going to be illogical about it after that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you almost have to be a bit slow then to not understand it. But, yeah. th but this is also sales and it's also persuasion. Um, a lot of people, and you, yourself maybe included in this, a, and I could tell you that sales-wise, I'm not very good because a good salesman understands that he has to repeat himself multiple times. Mm -hmm. He understands that human psychology needs to hear something several times in order to, to comprehend it. When it comes to persuasion, uh, there's many different avenues that you can, that you have at your linguistic disposal in order to to convey a message through somebody. Now, I like to give people benefit of the doubt and I like to stop after I've said something two or three times. A real salesman will keep drilling in until you buy the product. Mm -hmm. um, but there, a, a regular person who's not in understand sales has a governor where they stop. Do you, you, if you go to a car lot, those guys are gonna to continue to push you until you leave the car lot. Mm -hmm. If they're effective and wanna keep their job. Whereas somebody like me, I'm like, I'll ask you two or three times and you're like, listen, I'm just looking. I'm like, hey, and I'll go yeah. bother somebody else. Mm -hmm. But, but a, a salesman is gonna be, well, let me tell you a bit about this. Mm -hmm. How about you sit down in it? 
How do you feel right now? Mm -hmm. Look out over there. Imagine yourself driving down the road. Like, they're going to sell you. That's mm -hmm. their job. Yeah. But that's a skill that gets developed. Yeah. And it's like conviction, too. I think that, you know, most people that think more like us don't find themselves convicted about too many things. We're like, again, the growth mindset, you're open to new interpretations and new thoughts and ideas. And what it takes to, you know, sell something is this is the number one. This is the best. You want this. This is why you want this. Whereas it's like, oh, well, what do you want? Well, what do you think? You know, like that stuff is not going to lead to like a monetary outcome if, if that's like the X's and O's way you're looking at something like the sales sort of example. Well, it's just deeper levels of psychology that a salesperson mm -hmm. is willing to go to. Mm -hmm. for, for a sales guy, to have a sales mindset, if somebody's on the lot, then they're, they're going, they want to buy. And until they buy, you're going to sell to them. You might get them to start talking. You might get them to explain their needs so that you are better able to sell them. But they are a potential sell until they, they walk. And even if, when they walk, if they still haven't bought and they're still talking to you, then, then you still have this opportunity to sell them. That's a sales mindset that mm -hmm. needs to be cultivated and developed. That's a skill. There are people who are just good at sales because they've, they've worked at it. Not everyone's cut out to be a salesman. That's a, that's a, that's a mindset. That's a skill. Mm -hmm. I heard something really interesting one time about car sales. And it was like, uh, when the person say you go out and take a test drive, the, the dealer is going to try to like, tell you what to do, like go turn right here, go up this street, you know, stop here and do this. And it's like getting you used to following their like thoughts and patterns and ideas. And so then when they go in to make the sale, they're like, so you want to buy this, right? So you want to do like this money, months, financing, whatever you're already conditioned to like following their, what they tell you to do. So it is interesting how many layers of psychology can be in, in stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's just compliance levels. Um, mm -hmm. We all, we all do it. It's, but as I mentioned, some people have a governor where they stop themselves because they're, mm -hmm. they, will start, they start to feel pushy, but a sales guy rips that governor right out because they have a job to do and they're conditioned and, and cultivated mindsets to be able to do that, to work past that governor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think unless you're doing something that's really outright non-ethical and immoral like there's nothing wrong with the fact that they do that either you know they're trying to do their the best that they can at their job and hopefully if you're a well-rounded person you you have at least versed yourself in different uh, aspects of psychology and you know sales and stuff like that and so it's like oh like i see what you're doing right now you're a car salesman you're trying to get to this outcome and I can think rationally on if I want this car or not. So that's, that's part of the value in like improving yourself as a whole too. And as a person and just being a better thinker is it's going to help you in all areas of life when it comes to, you know, uh, finding a partner or finding a car, you know what I mean? Well, and oh, well, to go along with that, there's nothing wrong with being a great salesman. Salespeople mm -hmm. sell you, good salesman sells you things that you need that will make mm -hmm. your life better. It's a win-win situation. They just have a lot of other psychological tools to allow that to happen. This is not to say that you need to be on guard at every direction when you walk onto a lot. If you're walking onto a lot, 
you want to buy a car. You're, mm -hmm. you're there to buy a car. They're there to sell you the car and mm -hmm. they're there to sell you the best car for you. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a win win. Will they use different tactics to, to close the deal? Well, of course they will. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think that something else that, that came to mind when you, you talk about that repetition and the, how powerful that is. Like, I, I love when people are like, man, like, like whether it be personal development, you know, self-improvement, however you want to label it. Sometimes people make the comment or I've come to the conclusion before. It's like, man, you just hear the same stuff so much. And it's like, that should be a message. Like there's kind of a blueprint for how to live a good life. You know, whether you're reading the Bible or whether you're reading, you know, the, the, the Stoics or whether you're reading, you know, uh, a, a personal development guy like Tony Robbins. It's like, sometimes they are kind of saying the same thing in, in a different way because there's a blueprint for success. Like I, I like when people have that realization, a lot of times people make that comment and I've, and I've come to the same realization. Like if you follow Gary V on social media, he, he's always like, some people tell me I'm repetitive and I'm like, good, then stop listening to me and go and put into practice what I've told you. He's like, it's supposed to be repetitive because it's not that complicated. It's just putting things into practice that, you know, just like you talked about Jordan Peterson talks about what we already know, but it's like putting it into practice is, is where the, is where the key lies. I think what you just said with about Gary V is hits the nail on the head. So this morning I woke up and I got up a little earlier than well, I got around to exercising a little earlier than usual. And I usually put on some entertainment, a podcast. Mm -hmm. And Gary's new live thing was on this morning. And I've had enough Gary V, but mm -hmm. it was on and there was not my the 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 other stuff that I wanted to listen to wasn't happening yet. So I just turned it on. And I was laughing. I was like, Gary V fired me up so hard this morning. And he didn't say anything new. It was just his spirit. And I was so uh, just taken up by it. I was like, it, it brought me back to the old days when I used to listen to Gary. Mm -hmm. And I will always give Gary credit. And he does say the same old things. How much can you listen to Gary? You mm -hmm. either take action or you don't. Um, but Gary, I remember the first time I encountered Gary V. It was 2009. I was in New York. We just started the Art of Charm two years earlier. Maybe it was uh, 2008. Regardless, it was a pivotal year of, did I make the right decision? Mm -hmm. And here's this video of Gary V at TEDx, TED Talk, and he's going running around the stage, and he's motherfucker this, and motherfucker mm -hmm. that, and, and get moving, and get going, and you need to be online, and I built this wine cellar, wine library. And I remember going, I did the, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing for me and the future me. And regardless if it, Art of Charm doesn't work out, what I'm doing right now is good for me to be doing. This is, oh, Gary V was a, what came in right when I was questioning my growth mindset and the work that I've been doing and, and leaving my job, my career to go do this stuff. Um, so I I will always have a soft spot for Gary. But mm -hmm. yeah, he says the same shit. You know, if tomorrow when I turn it on, he's going to make me feel bad that I haven't been on TikTok yet. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like, like, well, it's like I don't want to have to deal with TikTok. Mm -hmm. But 
I bet you would by the by the end of the year, I will have a TikTok account and we'll be yep. and we'll be over there because mm-hmm. that's where that I and I never thought I'd be on Instagram. I never thought yeah. I'd be on Twitter. I never thought like he's he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And to but me, like know, I think me, he's a. I think he's a definition of the, of the guy that knows himself. It's like, he, he's like, I know I'm a little wacky and zany and I cuss and I'm loud and I'm very energetic. And it's like, he, he's like, he's the person where he loves making money and he loves business, but he'll be the first one to tell you that it's not what makes you happy. But it's just like, he, it's in my DNA. He always uses that term. Like it's in my DNA to grind and to, to build. And it's just like, I think he, he accepts that just as much as he accepts the the quiet introverted writer that has to sit in solitude he's like good for that person for accepting himself be like he's like this is me i'm loud and energetic like you have to be you have to honor your intuition and and who you are and he really embodies that absolutely 100 I, I love the guy he's a lot of fun and uh yeah but i you know i know what the hell he's gonna say i know what's gonna be on mm-hmm. his show in the, like, tomorrow mm-hmm so uh, beyond that, I'm curious what else you, you have delved into more uh, with more time in your hands. You talked about the fact that you like to address these more fringe topics. Is there any books you're reading right now or any like really specific kind of wormholes you've dug into that, that, have, that have took up your, your uh, time and have, uh, you've thought a lot about? Um, well, because of the corona virus crisis um we had to shift our our company's focus Mm -hmm. now there have been a lot of things that i've been wanting to do with the art of charm for a long time but i've always found an excuse not to do them because we had other things that we needed to be doing well (laughs) no no excuse all the all the opportunity in the world so I got all this gear here because I have to go live. I get to go live every morning and we're doing it in all of our platforms and I got all this tech and all this gear and I've been going live every day uh, and I've been branching out and doing all these new things and it's been a blast and I'm learning and like even today, I didn't know how to do bring on a guest. Mm. So I'm doing my live thing and, and then I just, I dialed up the guy and I had him talking into the mic mm-hmm. through my phone because I didn't know how to bring up a split screen and do Zoom and mm-hmm. restream and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to make it happen. And I was laughing because Gary V this morning when I put it on, he was filming his computer screen because uh-huh. he didn't have tech. So, and I was just like, he doesn't give a fuck. Why should I? Like, you know, it's like, just do it. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun. And what is very important for everybody right now is that you see the opportunity that is in front of you. You wanna, you wanna show your, if you're lucky enough to be able to work from home, you now have find yourself in this transition. Do you never wanna go back to that office? Show that you're more productive right now working from home than you mm-hmm. ever were at that office. They'll never want you back. You mm-hmm. like there's yes, this is awful. Yes, I wish it never happened. Yes, lives have been uprooted, upended, flipped upside down. But 
also, yes, there's so much opportunity right now to do everything's on hold. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Get it to go like you have this opportunity to do some 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 stuff you've always wanted to do. And if, guess what? If you're not doing it now, then you never really wanted to do it in the first place. Yep. Yep. It's just like, yeah, you, you realize if you are have just been bullshitting yourself or not, you know, for, for a lack of a better term. 100%. I couldn't have said it better myself right there, my friend. So uh, where do you, where do you see this? Uh, like, you know, the, the imprint uh, this has on the show moving forward and with your own personal endeavors uh, with all this individual sort of like more high rung intellectual thinking. Do you want to bring that more into the show or keep it sort of like as it's its own separate thing, maybe? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think both mine and AJ's personalities are what makes the show work, right? I'm the creative rock and roller mm-hmm. uh, philosophy guy. He is the, the science data driven uh, CEO guy. So our personalities work really well. We, between the both of us, I think we cover everything and we can fix your problems. Um, and I think this opportunity gives both of us a break to do, to expand, to learn new things. I know he's doing a bunch of new stuff as well. And we're both really excited uh, about what's going on at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, uh, we consider ourselves lucky. We consider ourselves uh, to have this opportunity, but we're also highly appreciative of that opportunity and humble that 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 we're able to do this. Um, so we want to make sure that what that we come out of this stronger than ever mm-hmm. being given those opportunities yeah. because if not then it was a waste of our time mm-hmm. it takes it takes a lot of self-discipline i think it's important that you ingrain self-discipline and habit to like you talked about get up first thing in the morning and get that workout in and listen to something positive and not just default to our to our, you know, setting of just laying on the couch watching Netflix, because yeah, that might be pleasurable for a little bit, but eventually you're going to feel the need to do something productive. Like we all know the feeling after getting a workout in, after getting something productive done, creating something, the chase, the long-term gratification over the short term, I think is always going to lead to a win. If you want just a general uh, way of looking at, looking at things, looking and going about things. Yeah. And you have to be able to find the joy in progression. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a friend on the show, John Live, say, and he said the most important thing for young people is to change the idea of perfectionist to progressivist mm-hmm. um, or progressivist. I can't remember his, his term, but basically it's let's get into the idea of moving forward. Let's get into the idea of getting better with that one step, no matter what it is that day, um, whatever skill it is. And once you make that shift, I mean, everything in life becomes, every day's fun. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like perfectionism often stops people in their tracks because it's like, Oh, like I couldn't be expected to do that. Like it won't be very good, but it's like anybody who does anything that you admire started from somewhere. And so that's why it's so important to have that progression mindset and that emphasis on getting 1% better every day. Well, let's use the Gary V example again, since we brought mm-hmm. him up. Do you, th- how quickly do you think Gary V could have a full on production tech set up at his house to go live every morning? I'm sure very quickly with his, with his connections and network. Yeah. And what did he end up doing? That wasn't fast enough mm-hmm. it was, that he just put a, he was filming his computer like i don't know it was so bad but he but that he didn't give up he didn't care and yeah he cares what he, what he has to say exactly and 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 you know it's like if he doesn't even care why should you mm-hmm. he has you know it's what because somebody's gonna ask uh hey dude your camera's blurry uh-huh. okay like, then, then yeah. watch something else like it's Here's, you know it's not HD, not, you know, this or that. Yeah. You know, I, and, and here, the other thing is I just got a bunch of these components this week, uh, but I've been going live for two weeks since this stuff broke down, Mm -hmm. adding every day because I was like, I didn't want to waste time. I was like, I wanted to get started. I was, I had all these ideas. I wanted to talk about all the social phenomena that Mm -hmm. this virus and situation has brought on the world waiting for me to get a, a a ring light and a this and a tech and like i didn't know let's go like it's mm-hmm. happening now i wanted a working recorded document of my thoughts while this was happening i couldn't do that if i was waiting around mm-hmm. i think that uh based on just like the long-term thinking and the the, the progression mindset. There's a, there's a quote that I think has been attributed to multiple different sources, but it's like Steve Jobs has been quoted saying that overnight success takes a long time. And like I said, that's yeah. a quote that's been reiterated in multiple forums, but it's like, yeah, people are going to look and be like, you, you know, if you make 1% improvements over a, a, a number of years, you're going to look back and realize how far you've come and people are going to be like, oh my gosh, lucky or like, I wish that I could have that level of success and like that, you know, people are always going to look for the, the short term gain and the, the short term, you know, secret, like the best example is in fitness. It's like people want a 30 day plan, a 30 day weight loss supplement, or, but it's like, that's not what it takes and to, to be healthy for your life. And that's not what it takes to succeed at anything. It takes effort over time. Without a doubt. I mean, and that's what it's all about. You have to find the joy in that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like being uncomfortable every day. I, I believe that's what uh, kind of the purpose of your, your tattoo is that you and that you and AJ both have just choosing, choosing growth over, over discomfort, correct? Something among of that nature. Yeah. B over A. If, if A is not getting you to where you want to go, it's time to try something different. Um, so I'm reading right now for the next interview is Dan mm-hmm. Heath's upstream here's mm-hmm. the phrase that blew my mind it's now written on my warboard the system is designed to get you the results that it is getting you mm-hmm. so if you don't like the results then you have to change the system right mm-hmm. the system that you've been using is correct 
it's getting you, it is getting you certain results. Mm-hmm. So if you don't change you, an input, you won't change an output, right? Yeah. So, so it is perfectly designed for the results it's getting. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at everything and decide yes or no, this is what I want. And if it isn't, then you start building. I mm-hmm. mean, that's, it's as simple as that. But here's something else. A lot of people think, okay, well, I need to be uncomfortable. It's okay to grow. And so they just throw themselves into the deep end and drown. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. When the podcast started slowing down in downloads, uh, AJ had asked me to look at social media. Social media up until that point was just a place where we would promote the show. We weren't active. And if the show isn't growing, the show's dying, right? It wasn't the results that I want. The results that I want is continued growth. So he, I was like, listen, I don't mess with social media. I don't, I, to me at the, that time, social media was the place where people get together and yell at each other. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought social media was. So he's like, well, take a look at it. Gary V has this deck called how to make 64 pieces of content in one day. Check it out. Okay. I was completely overwhelmed. Why? Because I didn't have any social media experience. And there was no way I was going to learn how to make 64 pieces of content in one day and a day. So I said, let me just take Twitter. Like, it seems to be the easiest thing. It seems to have a couple components. Mm-hmm. If I can learn how to make a tweet go viral, well, then I'll have a better understanding of how social media works. Mm-hmm. So I spent all of my time learning how to make a tweet go viral. And then I remember the first one that went 100 retweets. I was like, whoa, whoa mm-hmm. what? And then my next one went 300. I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, so... When I got it, I was overwhelmed. And I told AJ, I'm like, listen, let me just deal with Twitter right now. I can't, mm-hmm. so TikTok, LinkedIn, I can't, listen, let me just do one. If I can figure out how to do one, then I know how the other ones work. Yeah. So, you know, so break off small pieces. Learn how to do one thing. Take a micro step. Just don't jump into the deep end and tr- for, try to figure it out. Now, hey, that might work for some people. But that is so overwhelming. That's why people just go, I can't figure it out. I give up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's very useful looking at like bite-sized pieces of information or things to focus on. And, it, it, you know, you do that over time. It's like Warren Buffett has the, the rule where he says you, you write down 25 things and then you circle the top five that you want to work on. And then that's all you focus on until you get those five things done. Because I think we're, we're, we're in the age where it's easier than ever to focus on tons of different things at once. And you look at different people and you're like, oh, I want to do this, 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 and this. I want to work on this. And so you scatter yourself in too many directions. But where focus is, or sorry, where, where progress is really made is when you focus in on one or two specific things. And that's what you, you put your all into for a period of time. And not only is that going to help you get better at certain things, but you're also just strengthening the skill of getting better like getting better at something is a skill in and of itself and so the next time you want to switch courses and 
think about or improve on something else, you're going to have a better idea of what it takes to improve in general. So I think it's very useful to get narrowly focused when you really want to improve something. Absolutely. And as I mentioned, if you learn how one thing works, you can learn how to make other yeah, things work. Just like right. social media. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just, but to just dive in and try to make 64 pieces of content for 10 different social media platforms that you have no under, understanding about how they work, well, then that's useless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, our hour is about up here, Johnny. Uh, I'm going to start wrapping up. Is there, is there anything else you wanted to discuss, go over? Uh, anything you wanted to tell people before we, we uh, end it for today? Um, right now is a perfect time to learn social media, to start a company, to start a podcast, mm -hmm. to do, to do a band camp, whatever you want to do. And how you're going to bring eyeballs to all the work you've done is by reaching out to other people. Now, if you want a great system and a, and a great way to learn the best in communication, we have a product. It's very simple called the communication accelerator. It's, it's our entry product. It gives you all the tools for you to be an expert communicator. And you have all of this time to then use those tools, reach out to people and build mm -hmm. relationships. Do that now. When you come out of this, you're gonna have the bedrock of, a, of, a, of connections and relationships built for you to do whatever you want. So take, mm -hmm. this, time, take, uh, take this time wisely. Um, check out, go to your charm, the, the communication accelerator, it's rad. I think that there's two things that make just the time. If you look at like the time we're living in just this time period as a whole, it's like with, with the internet and technology being what it is, it's number one, it's easier to, you know, there's hardly any barrier to entry anymore. Like you can become famous on, on Instagram or Twitter in, in a, a week. If, if that's what you're after, if you want to like, say, if you're doing something like making videos or, you know, you can start a podcast like I did and reach out to your favorite podcast host, like, I wouldn't have never imagined that I would have had you and AJ on my show, but I just asked. It's like, like you said, I think that it's an, it's a podcast I listen to and it's one of those ideas that you hear a lot in self-improvement and personal development. It's like, just ask because the worst thing that can happen is someone doesn't reply or says no. And then you're just on to the next ask. It's just ask for what you want. Make sure that you're, you're a person of, of value so that your ask has something behind it. And then just the other, the other layer on top of that is, is it's easier than ever to communicate with anybody you want to communicate with. And I, I, I'm sure maybe you've heard before the, about the uh, thousand true fans uh, article and the fact that, you know, we're, we live in a time period where with the internet, you can reach this very minute group of people that's interested in what you're interested in. Whereas you, you don't have to be a generalist or specialize in one thing like you, like you had to in, in our parents' time. You know, we have all these opportunities available. I think that you got to just enter the arena in whatever sense that is for you. Just, just like, like the great quote by Teddy Roosevelt, be the, be the man in the arena, take action towards something. Because anytime you work on improving something, it's like we said, even if you fail, you know what it takes to get better at something in the future. Yeah. Through all the social media, you know how easy it is to build a thousand followers? Mm -hmm. Like, 
easy. It's and it's fun and mm-hmm. and and you. It's called social media for a reason. It's not called look at me media. It's called mm-hmm. social media. The more you reach out to other people, the more it comes back to you. And what people don't get is they're just focused on their followers. Don't worry about your followers. Your first, spend one week just reaching out to every content creator on the platforms that you use that you like. If you're on Twitter, reach out, spend an an hour a day, Mm-hmm. not even to reach out to every con- every Twitter personality that you think is entertaining. They're on a reasonable level, right? If you're not going to reach out to Lewis Howes and he's like, reach out to the guy with 10,000, 6,000, mm-hmm. you like, they'll write back and then they'll see that you're following them. Here's, here's what you write. Hey, I really enjoy your Twitter. Um, I wanted to introduce myself because you're going to see me interacting with it. Um, I've gotten a lot of value from it. And if there's anything that I can do to help, let me know. Right. And that's, that's all you got to do. You send that message out to 30 guys, 30 Twitter avatars, um, Make sure that you have some that are going out and you're interacting with their tweets, meaning you're commenting, you're retweeting it, mm-hmm. and they're gonna start retweeting your stuff. Mm-hmm. You would be, it's insane how fast it goes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've heard Tim Ferriss make the point before that like, he's, he's like, call it content creators in this broad context that we're speaking about. It's like, they don't get as many people reaching out and just saying, thank you. I enjoy your work as people might think because it's almost one of those cognitive biases that people have where like, Oh, I'm not going to reach out to Johnny from the art of charm because he probably has a bunch of people reaching out to him already. Well, that's what the bunch of other people think. So just be that person that says something and take the chance. And like, like I said, the, the internet is so easy to leverage. It's like you can reach out to 100 people and if two reply, it's probably going to be worth your time. It is worth your time. In fact, I probably reach out to a new creator on some format every day, if not more than, than, than if not more. Um, bands I like, um, uh, Twitter avatars that I like, uh, podcast people that I like, you wherever uh, YouTube content creators that I like, I write. If I dig your stuff, you get a message from me. I do it all the time. Like I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. Here's another one for you. Here's how easy this is. So last year I was going to Portugal, and what did I do? I I went to Google and I Googled rock and roll bands Portugal. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch came up. I went through all their music and everyone that I liked, I sent them a message. Hey, my name is Johnny. I dig your band. I saw you guys on YouTube. This video is cool. I'm going to be in your town from these days. Uh, can you point me out some cool things that I should see on a rock and roll level? Every band <clears throat> did not write me back, but uh, several did. And I met some of the people, they came out to have dinner with me. They came out to take me out. They came to, to meet me because they're like, look at mm-hmm. this dude. You know, like, I, I do that all the time. That's just who. Uh, Make it a habit. Just, you know. It, 
I just do that. That's for accumulation you know, of our habits, as you know. Yeah. Do you want to use this technology for the tools that it is, or do you just want to squabble with people on it? Mm-hmm. No doubt. Well, thank you, Johnny, for another great episode. You always have some positive things to say. I appreciate that. I always have fun talking to you. So uh, I look forward to doing it again soon and all the best to you. Thank you very much, my friend. And you stay safe and you take care of yourself. And hopefully we'll be having a beer together sooner than later. You bet. Hey, it's Jake again. If this podcast provided you any value, I'd encourage you to share it with someone who you think might enjoy it. In addition, it'd really help me out a lot if you would go and subscribe or leave a review for my podcast. It's super easy. And in addition, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love for you to reach out to me by email or Instagram DM, which can both be found on my website. Thanks.